Welcome to the Hub Crawl, a roundtable podcast discussing all things Disney. I'm Teg. And I'm Eric. Each episode, we invite two guests to bring a question and talk about one of our favorite things, Disney. Well, this week, we want to welcome Emily. She grew up in Southern California and currently lives in Arizona, like a lot of Disneyland fans. Uh, She grew up going to Disneyland and didn't discover Disney World until 2004. Wow, that's that's quite late. late. Yeah, been on a bunch of Disney cruises and part of the Disney Vacation Club. Oh, my goodness. There is so many things we could talk about here. Welcome, Emily, (laughs) to the show. Thank you. We're also welcoming back to the show our friend Mike who grew up in a small town in Ohio. He was a huge Disney fan, but he only really ever visited Walt Disney World once when he was seven. He went back later on in life with his wife and two kids after their grandfather had passed away, and it reawakened his love for the parks. Ever since then, he's been obsessed with going back and taking other families with him. He created Concy Ears with this mission of bringing people to the parks. That was seven years ago. Mike, I apologize. I tried to make you a concierge, an old school concierge logo on a 3D printer several years ago, and it came out (laughs) so poorly that I never told you about it. Welcome, Mike. I appreciate the effort, Eric. (laughs) Happy to be here. Well, thank you both for joining us. Let's start off with Teg's question this week. All right, I think this is going to be contentious, but I wanted to go spicy because that's how I like oh. it lately. Based on the level of entertainment that you get going to Disneyland. So think about all of the parades and shows and fireworks and attractions and upkeep and great cast members. How much do you think a one day one park ticket should be priced at? Emily, what do you think? Well, uh- I think I, I, w- I really thought about this for a while and I thought, you know, they could get away with charging $100 for a ticket and just upcharging on like the food and the drinks and the merchandise. And that way it would make it more convenient and easier for people to, you know, go to the parks and visit. Hmm. I had a friend that they brought their own food on their last trip. So oh, yeah, <laughs> they they brought burritos. We were at the DVC lounge and they were passing burritos to one another <laughs> and so that's how they save their money because they're a family of seven and it's really difficult for them to do Disneyland. And so just having that, you know, helped them out a lot. And they had to use like a military ticket in order to get in to save money. So I think, you know, having it at a more convenient or easier price, I think it would really help a lot of the families that aren't able to go as often be able to actually see the park. So let me toss that back to Eric. All right. Well, you brought up some of the things that I was going to talk about. I wish I was answering after Ted because he and I, with this has come up before, and he's going to take he's going to take the spicy route. I'm just going to say leave it where it is, and if you want it to be cheaper, bring food or or buy. Don't go to a sit down restaurant. You can still do these things. You can still bring food in. You you can take a nice refrigerated bag, throw it in a locker if you want to, come back to it, go find a nice place to sit down. This works in Walt Disney World, too. I, where The question is literally about Disneyland, but... They could be I about mean, both. Yeah, the, the Magic Kingdom has, has a huge area in the hub for, like, picnicking during the day. Don't go there don't, toward the end of the night because that's all very reserved fireworks-watching space. But... On one of one of my other shows, uh, we did an episode of Ears Up a while back where one of our co-hosts, Bev, was challenged to spend $20 at Disneyland for the entire day. And she did great. This was the second part because the first time I think she was challenged to spend $50 for food. And there are plenty of things that you can do. There are cheap ways where you can get some protein and keep going around your park day, still enjoy the parks. I think of when I go skiing, I spend about this much to go to like a day at Breckenridge. I think Breckenridge is actually outpaced it. I don't go to Breckenridge often. Why was that an example? But to go there, to go on a ski day where you spend $150 to ski, you have to have skis or you have to rent them. You have to have special outdoor gear so you can go out there on a cold day and hurdle down a hill. And then you have to wait in the same lines. You you still have to stand there and wait with other people. And I guarantee the food at most resorts, unless you're going to go into a several-hour sit-down restaurant at the resort, is not as good at 
like the the corn dog castle even like it's just cheap food you can get on the side of the hill and keep going so i i kind of compare it to that uh, there's a lot more that you have to do to do a lot of these other activities mike what's your what's your take well, so I, I'm kind of shifting from what I thought about this as I was kind of prepping no. for the questions. Well, my first my first thought on like how to kind of keep the whole thing cheaper is is just not to go with Eric to the parks. Like that's been my <laughs> oh. experience, you know. Oh, are you referencing that two hundred dollar bottle of wine again, Mike? That's right. That's right. It's going to live <laughs> in infamy. Uh, so yes, that's that's my personal how to keep the prices down. Uh, is to keep Eric at home. No, I I think you know maybe I'd go the other way and say. With everything there, and, and since we're, you know, just kind of living in, in fantasy world here, I'd actually pay more. I'd, I'd go closer to like 200 bucks a day if it was all inclusive, if it got away from, you know, needing Genie Plus and, and the lightning lanes and all this kind of stuff. You know, I think it would be there's a place in southern Indiana. It's called I think it's called Holiday World. And it's famous for like you're in there and everything is included like corn dogs, drinks, like even suntan lotion, all this kind of stuff. I think it'd be cool <laughs> to see an option like that, like where, you know, it's like, Hey, I pay more, but then to just be done with it, you know? And because like back, if you think back to Disney world, having like the dining plans, which are coming back in 2024. Yeah. The, the big attraction to that was like one price for my thing. And I'm pretty much done. I don't have to think about costs anymore. And, uh, you know, I think that's what, what I would, I'd go higher end, you know, if it included everything kind of thing. So, yeah. All right. Let's, let's pass it over to, to Mr. Spicy. Oh man. <laughs> Get your gallon of milk ready to take after <laughs> biting into this or whatever, whatever, whatever cools you off. So I think there's two ways to do this. I think if you want to have a cheaper entrance ticket, then you need to bring back something reminiscent of the ticket books. Yeah. Because I think that that's a way that you could bring the entrance ticket down, but still make money, I guess, as a theme mm -hmm. park. But if I was honest with myself and we're on a passport situation that we've been on since like the early 80s is... I think that it should be more if I was totally honest with myself. If you think about it, like a ticket to a Broadway show, people buy that all the time. Those are what? Three hours, two and a half hours, three hours, four, maybe if you're watching a long one. And those tickets start very expensive. Those things are very expensive for that time. And Disneyland, you're getting fireworks. You're getting parades. You're getting Dapper Dan's. You're getting atmospheric entertainment. You're getting all the attractions. You're getting the cast members. You're getting the atmosphere of just being in the park. So the, the fact that everybody complains about park tickets being, you know, even the high end of close to $200, like, Yes, it goes against Walt, 100%. I totally agree with that. Walt wanted it to be available and affordable and accessible to everybody. And it's just not that anymore. And I don't know what the solution is other than Disney building more parks because they talk about that they raise the price because of demand and all of this stuff. And then you got to pay your cast members more and all of this and maintenance prices go up and all of that. But I think a lot of that can be taken care of if you just did a lower ticket, like let's say like a $50 ticket, and then you bought tickets for your attractions. Because I know there are some people that go into the park and they just want to like go in and have like a meal or they want to go in and just people watch like they don't need to ride the attractions. So why should they, I guess, if you're going to be weird about it, why should you subsidize the people who do want to ride the attractions or whatever? So I think that that would be nice to bring the price down. I think that's the only way they mm -hmm. can bring the price down and not lose money hand over fist. But honestly, I would say probably $250 a day, if not more, just if you if you were to individually price all the things you get at a Disney park individually outside of a disney park you would that would be a value still and and disneyland in particular there is so much more to do versus a like animal kingdom where mm -hmm. really what you're getting is atmosphere you're getting this amazing park that is full of lush growth and the hottest points on the planet north of the equator <laughs> i mean that's all of florida isn't it <laughs> well it's a I think they they built something special in in Disney's <laughs> Animal Kingdom. Joe Rody put his little pixie dust over it that said, "Make it ten degrees hotter." 
<laughs> Eric, did you know? I feel like I have to talk about this now. Did you oh, no. know that when they built California Adventure, they had that giant sun sculpture right when you kind of walked in the park? <laughs> that would that would and, beam rays at well, people? no, well they they didn't aim it correctly so it didn't reflect the sun so they actually put these sun reflectors that would that would follow the sun to make sure that it was reflecting onto this thing i did and not so they know could that. just maybe joe rody had that in in animal <laughs> kingdom you can't see it but it's just beaming sun into somewhere my goodness all these plants they just collect the heat yeah <laughs> i don't know well that wraps up our first question hopefully that's the spiciest we'll get today maybe now let's go to Emily for your question. So how true do you think the villain's world is and where in Orlando do you think it will go? So this is for you, Eric. Oh, well, we've had two D23 events, D23 and Destination D23, which was weird. But in both circumstances, they pretty much rolled out very nonspecific concept art. But they keep saying beyond Thunder Mountain, and I think they just keep it in Magic Kingdom. They don't need to make another park. They mm-hmm. don't want another gate. Extend Walt Disney World's Magic Kingdom a little bit further, and you you can kind of counter against some of those arguments. Wow, Disneyland has 978 different attractions you can ride, and Magic Kingdom has four. I always hear comparisons like that, but... I feel if, seen. <laughs> i'm glad i could be that person for you today tech but yeah if they give that chance to extend they give they give guests more like somebody said recently maybe i don't know if it was a podcast i was listening to or our podcast where when you get to big thunder mountain at at magic kingdom it feels remote because you have to kind of go all the way around the rivers of america and there's nothing else there well maybe we can still make it feel remote because there's a big mountain there and you could hide some stuff behind that. You could connect things kind of like at Critter Country in Disneyland where you get down, you used to get down there and you turn around and you went back. Now there's Galaxy's Edge and there are multiple exits from it at Disneyland. We could do that at Magic Kingdom without too much trouble. It's been a long time since I saw backstage there other than on like Google Maps. I don't know what specific functions they have back there. But we can move it. They Disney does this all the time. Move all the functions and extend the land a little bit. Throw in a few villains attractions. They could do it. But I think the way you get in is past Big Thunder Mountain. And maybe it, it cuts back around somewhere else on the likelihood of the attraction. I'm very pessimistic. And I don't want to be pessimistic. I'm the positive guy. But it's been two different expos where they've said, look, and then they show us a painting. <laughs> I mean, I wrote blogs about this back in the day. I, I, show me something more than a painting, Josh, tomorrow. That's why I Disney is very good at saying we could do this, but we'll end up doing that. Well, look at Epcot. Look at Disney Forward. Huh. We haven't seen anything on Disney Forward, Disneyland Forward. There's they a lot of pushing. Precedent. They keep pushing. Yeah. Well, yeah. They might get. So, I mean, hey, they're putting it in a in a, uh, a food court, food hall. Food hall is better than food court, right? Is that what they announced this week? Uh, that, that's been announced for a while, but it's it's like a market, like a food market or something. Okay. It, it's definitely something. But you want to know what's even worse about that, Eric? And I wanted to make sure I covered this with you quickly oh, while good. we were on the okay. topic. So Disneyland Forward, if you look at their concept art of like where things might go, this whole new area that they just built with Din Tai Fung and all this stuff that they're going to put in the new grass area in the performance stage, that is where the entrance of this new area is supposed to be. So I find it hard to believe that in the next 10 years, they're going to take this area that they just built and raise it to build a new thing. Okay. I mean... Especially with Din Tai Fung. You think Din Tai Fung is going to be happy that you built them this location? They'll have been there six years and then they're like, sorry, we want to build out our Disneyland forward thing. We're going to move you. Yeah, I, I, I mean, ob- the, the obvious answers are sorry, I'm, we're, we're taking over this question here. But yes, yeah, sorry. The obvious answers are knock down the theaters, knock down the Avis rental car behind the theaters, knock down ESPN, knock down Rainforest Cafe. 
which is only halfway utilized because there's a second floor. Wait, well, well, the old Rainforest Cafe. What do they call it? The Jedi Outpost or something? Knock that Star down. Wars Trading Post. Star Wars Trading Post. Yes, yes. I've been there. Obviously, listener, please. Knock down the whole thing and put in a bunch of stuff. Put in a put in a food court you have to walk through to get from the Disneyland Hotel into downtown Disney. There. Perfect. I solved it. They're not doing that. But that's what I think they should do with Villains Land in the Magic Kingdom. <laughs> Mike? I mean, when, when has Disney ever done something like built something and then raised it shortly, let's say, 18 months after it opened? Oh, yeah. Yeah. You know, they used the hotel, same buildings forever. Um, you know, maybe uh, like a Star Cruiser level experience <laughs> that just like, you know, blew up 18 months <clears throat> afterwards. Uh, well, yeah. they'll they'll put a Din Tai Fung there, too. <laughs> You'll fly up to Din Tai Fung. Isn't that supposed to be like a laser tag? Is what they're going to do? Laser that? tag. That's what someone said. That it oh was no, be a laser That's tag. That's so bad. Mm-hmm. And we well, you know. No. I was like, yeah, Star that it's going to be like a least... Star Wars laser oh, yeah. tag type. Of I haven't thing. heard that one, but please, I I will tell you, I will buy, I will book a room if they were to just make it a Star Wars themed hotel. No interactive thing. No two day business, no no role play. Just make him some Star Wars rooms. James would love it. I would book us a room there because it would be beautiful for him because he loves Star Wars so much. That's what I would do, but not laser tag. Come on, Josh tomorrow. Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, Mike. I Mike, I have I have spicy you. opinions, We're... apparently. I can't contain Spice. myself tonight. <laughs> This uh, this episode is rated S for spicy. So, you know, hey, no, I, I agree with Eric on everything. I, I like the idea of, you know, the that area. And, and it is kind of funny that there was an article I was reading about it and they were saying we were listening to the applause level at D20, you know, at D23. Like, like somehow Disney is like, we're going to make our decision on whether to roll this out based on the applause level at D23. You know, like it just it you're right. It seems There's like there's one old lady something. going. Right. Yeah. Golf clap. Yeah. Golf clap. I don't know. I, you could you could go the other way, you know, based on what we just talked about and put it in Animal Kingdom and it make it hot as Hades and bring out Hades. Right. So, you know, you could just make it miserable. And, you know, so there, there's an option there as well. But I think Eric's is way more plausible. I'll tell you. I mean, I feel like I've taken up enough talking time on this, but well, I, let me when I read, toss it to you, Tag. You're the you next go. person. That's okay. So. Yeah, that's I'm okay. When, when when I read your question, Emily, I I was glancing at the script and I was like, "Villains World." Is this something they announced for Disney World that I have no idea what it is? And it's like, where in Orlando? I'm like, are they building another park? Where did I miss all of this? Have I not been connected? And I realized that you are referring to the thing. Okay. So just want to let you know that that's why I didn't have a written answer in there, because I'm like, I don't know what this is referring to. And is I'm it over at, at the giant Ferris wheel outside? of Yeah, town. exactly. <laughs> so I was like, I'll wait. I'm going third. So if it's not what I think it is, then I can pivot <laughs> and not look silly. I'm kind of with you, Eric. I feel like I feel like it's weird. I mean, I don't know. I thought it was weird that they were going to do this with Galaxy's Edge at Disneyland, and then it worked out okay. I feel like us Disney fans, we we panic and clutch our pearls when Disney announces anything, and everybody was about to boycott and burn down Disneyland when they said that they were going to like reroute the train and shorten the rivers of America, and everybody was going to like lose their mind. But it turned out okay. Like everybody's pretty happy with with how it's turned out. Everybody likes uh, the little beaver dam and oh wow, the train murder turns in a slightly different direction now and and yeah. it, they need to WD40 the train cuz when it goes that way it's very loud and squeaky. Oh. But it is. It's like you're like oh god. But what was the sound again there? Tank? Uh something like that. <laughs> but I okay, I check. don't know if that's the right place for it. Honestly, if you're going to do villains I know Disney's not going to make a third, another, another gate, a fourth, fifth gate, fifth gate, fifth gate. Fifth. We already have four. Okay. Don't count Seventh the water gate parks. If you, count, count, the, the if you parks. count the water parks. Okay. <laughs> but I feel like villains could be their own park because then they're like contained to their own thing. You can do more adult things in a villains park. You can maybe have some more after hours, like adult kind of themes in a villains park than you can at like Magic Kingdom, that kind of thing. So I don't know. Honestly, I don't think it's going to happen. I think that they I think that what probably happened was they had a bunch of stuff at D23 that they wanted to announce 
and they got cold feet because they decided, hey, last expo, we announced all this crap coming to Epcot, which we've canceled most of. We've announced all this stuff that we were going to do all these different places, and we've canceled most of it because COVID. And this happens every time that Disney announces these big things because Disney has bad timing. What they do is they there's a recession and they don't build anything and they panic. Then the recession ends and people come back to their parks and droves and then they save up their money and they're like, well, not yet, not yet, not yet. We can't because another recession could come. Not yet. Not yet. And they wait and they wait and they wait and they wait. And then they're like, we've made billions of dollars. Let's build a bunch of new stuff. And that's when a recession comes. And then they're like, crap. And then they have to cancel all their stuff. So I think what Disney Welcome should do Welcome to is, America, Tag. Well, what I think Disney should do is when, when, the rece- when, the, when the inflation and crap all goes away soon, they should just go, you know what? We're just going to build the second we have extra money to build, which I think Iger has said that they want to do in the next 10 years anyway. And I think that they should build a villain's park and I think they should just spend money in the parks because the, the parks print money, whether they want to admit that or not. But where is it a floating park? Is it at the old laundry facility at the old facility? I think where it'll they go on that section con- of land. I saw a map of couple years ago that showed like where the viable like solid land is on the property and there's a a spot of land between like off to the side of the main world drive there i guess there's some area i guess by where the where the old airplane landing strip is oh that side okay that's that's solid enough and so i think that like if they're going to do anything because if you look at the property you've got epcot and you've got Hollywood Studios really next to each other. And then there's like Animal Kingdom way off by itself. Right next and, to various hotels. And Magic Kingdom's kind of way off by itself. Park. So I feel like you need yeah. to put another park next to one of those other parks. Hmm. Anyway. Okay. Variously close to Magic Kingdom. Okay. I like it. Yeah. Uh, Emily, what about you? Okay. So this was the first thing I had heard about it on my recent vacation to Walt Disney World. That new rumor is that it's going to be by Magic Kingdom and that possibly it was going to be its own park by itself. That would be pretty interesting to have five parks. You know, they're trying to compete with uh, Epic Universe, right? Epic Universe. Yes. I'm like trying to think of the name of it. So they're trying to compete with them. And I mean, they need something else to bring in the people. I mean, I think it would be pretty interesting now as to what they're going to have in those lands or in that land. That is something that I'm I'm kind of curious to see what they're going to do with that. You know, what kind of villains right are you going to have? Are they going to leave it like they did with, you know, Marvel? Marvel campus is, you know, the Avengers campus is, I think they really didn't think it out. It's like a forethought, like, let's just throw stuff there. And then here you go. You got this. Um, So I really hope that they really put a lot of thought into it when they do put it in. But they said that they're already breaking ground by Magic Kingdom. So we'll just have to wait and see what happens. Where do you hear these rumors when you're there, by the way, Emily? <laughs> I knew she would have the right answer. Like, we're all speculating. We should just let her go first, and she could just answer the whole thing for us. And, like, here's the right answer. That's why she asked it, because she'll be like, let's see what these ridiculous know-nothings will say. She, she was laughing at us during our in- – I could tell. Like, she's got this smirk, you know, like, I know. There you go. <laughs> you know what? My husband really helped me come up with the questions. We talked about it, and I'm like, what questions should I ask? And this was one of the many that we thought of. And we had heard about it. And then my we had a driver on a recent Disney World trip. I won't say what company we did it with, but uh, we really liked that company. And the driver, he's gone on like 30-something Disney cruises. And he moved to Orlando because he went to Disney World. And he said, I never, he was in Wisconsin and he just never went back. Um, and he stayed there. So he was kind of telling us more about the, you know, what was going on, what was the happenings? Because he goes, I go to the park regularly. I'm at Walt Disney World. And then I think he even had a family member that works for the parks. So I think he was kind of giving us more info. And we we're like, oh, interesting. So I learned a lot from this last trip. That's awesome. That's cool. <laughs> so now so, you know where I got it from. <laughs> well, there you go. It's nice to make a fun connection. And that is two questions down. If you are as spicy as we are, you'll realize it's time for me to talk about please joining our Patreon group. Go to thehubcrawl.com slash support. 
If you like the spiciness of this uh, this episode and so many others, even the mild ones, there, there are some mild ones. If you don't like the spicy, we have mild ones, too. Sometimes we all agree and we all shake hands at the end and and give a give each other a big hug. And that's great. Not but, recently. No, recently there's a lot of fisticuffs and it's good thing. It's a very good thing that we all live in different states. <laughs> but, but yeah, join us at thehubcrawl.com slash support. Throw a few bucks our way and you can get access to our bonus question. Our bonus question this week is this was from Chris, one of our one of our listeners who suggested we say, what is something at Disneyland that you think has gotten worse with time and something that has gotten better with time? And Mike and I both took this to mean Disney in general. So hint there. We've got some listener answers. You can join our Discord and voice your your opinions on these things. And uh, we're growing a little little community, which is pretty fun. So please join us at thehubcrawl.com slash support if you would like to participate. It's time to get back to the questions. Eric, what's your question? All right. Oh, it's my question. So we've been through another bout of Star Wars and Marvel series on Disney+. Plus. Oh, I love this. <laughs> Viewership. <laughs> Has dropped some. Did you forget your own question? Oh no, I remember. I, I remembered it when I went back in to write the answer. This is the way I wrote the question. So we'll we'll, we'll bury. We'll, we'll not. We'll unbury the lead. I wrote this question on October fourth, many months okay. ago, when I started planning this episode. So, should Disney keep on target with these series? Mando has more coming. The Mandoverse movie is on the way. More Marvel stuff. Loki actually did pretty well as far as I, I've heard. I enjoyed it very much. But what is the next direction for these properties? What should Disney do with Marvel and Star Wars with Disney Plus? Mike, kick us off. All right. Well, so this is a great question, Eric, by the way. I love it. Uh, and, you know, here's for me. Honestly, and let, I'll talk. Start with Marvel. Ever since Endgame, like I was so pumped after Endgame and couldn't wait for more stuff to come out. But as things came out and just as time went on, it it almost became a little bit like fatiguing. And once I started to get behind on things, like it was almost demoralizing. And now I find myself like. You know, I did watch Loki season one and I love that. And and I was like, I need to go back and watch. I want to watch Loki season two. But like things just came at a pace that was so daunting. And I don't like to feel like I'm behind on things. And, th and that's the same thing with the <laughs> Star Wars stuff. You know, I love I love the Star Wars universe. But I got to a point where like unless my daughter was there explaining who people were in some episodes of things. It's like, cause I didn't watch all the clone wars. I didn't, you know, get through all the cartoon stuff. And, and so, uh, or animated, we don't say cartoon, right? The animated stuff. It was just a little daunting for me in, in that regards. And so, and I wonder, you know, how much of this also transitions to like the cinemas, right? Like the last, big number of Disney films have not been like, when was the last big Disney blockbuster, uh, Marvel blockbuster, things like that. And, you know, they've had quite a few that have, you know, didn't go great. And so I wonder if there's just a little bit of fatigue there uh, with all this, but that's me. So tag, what do you think? So I actually was surprised a little bit because I think that the Star Wars universe lends itself better to TV, to an episodic series that you can uh, build over multiple episodes, over multiple hours, over whatever a, a season is. The only thing that I feel about Star Wars that disappoints me in that format is it seems like just when it starts to get good and they've built everything, then it's like done and it's like uh, you have to wait till next season or the show kind of ended and that's just kind of how it is. And like, I just I want more because they've done mm -hmm. all this great world building, but it seems like they take such a slow roll to get somewhere that it just has to like wrap up like spoilers incoming for the next like 30 seconds of the Ahsoka show. That show was building the whole season was building. Oh, yeah. And I love Thrawn. Grand. Admiral Thrawn is probably my favorite Star Wars character of all time because he's just amazing. If you have not read the Timothy Zahn books that introduced him, 
he's an amazing character. You should definitely go read those. Oh, but, tag, you're 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 hitting all the right buttons here. I know. For the old school I know. Star Wars fan. <laughs> so so uh, he's done a great job with Thrawn. Thrawn is like, th- oh, if only he wasn't sandwiched in in the timeline where he is that he can't go and be amazing because the first, you know, like something happens before the first order shows up and he's like not in the picture anymore. So, you know, it's not going to be, Oh, I just wanted him to be so much greater, but they've, they've put him in a weird spot in the, in the timeline. But anyway, the, the, he showed up and he was in a few scenes and a few episodes. And every time he showed up, it was just as amazing as I hoped it would be. And then just what it seems like the most awesome, amazing thing's going to happen. That's been building up the whole season. The season's over. And I was like, I was here for this. What's next? It's, it's like, <laughs> it's like you, you got me pumped up and now you've deflated me because now I have to wait. And I have no idea when the next season of Ahsoka is coming out. I feel the same way about Andor. Andor was great. It was a slow build, but did lots of world building. You got lots of cool character development and, and it was building up to something and and then it was like, well, we've got a whole other season coming, so we'll just finish it there. The Marvel universe stuff, I feel like you're right, Mike. Since Endgame, I feel like that was kind of like the culmination, right? Like they did such an amazing, never before accomplished in movie entertainment history. Mm-hmm. Have they had yeah. so many movies build up to this thing, and it worked? Like they all worked together, and it just it was amazing. People loved it. But then you hit that peak. I think Endgame was like what everything was building to. And now once you get to that peak, then what is there? Then you have to have like a different villain and you've got to do something different. And it seems like they can't figure out what they want the different to be. So they kind of, you know, there was a vision with that original thing that that's where they were going to end up. And they don't really, I think, have that vision of where they want to end up. And then, like, of course, like their new big bad guy, the actor had to go out and do something mm-hmm. stupid. And now so that's yeah. different. And then they they picked the wrong the wrong set of characters to launch that because the Ant-Man movie was stupid. But <laughs> and uh, the Marvels, I thought, was really great. But the Marvels felt to me like a Guardians of the Galaxy movie because it had that type of humor and that type of like scenes in it. It wasn't as like. I don't know. It felt like that type of humor and less it's like not part Iron of Earth. Man or something. Yeah. So anyway, so I think they just don't know what they're doing. I think they got to their pinnacle. They had this great plan. They executed it flawlessly. And then like the only way to go from there is down. And I think that was just inevitable. Mm-hmm. But I really liked WandaVision and WandaVision did like I was hoping Star Wars would do, which is it was a slow burn. I had no idea what was happening when I started watching it. I had no yeah. idea. Like, why? Why is why is this? Why is this old black and white TV? I don't really understand this, but like I wanted to understand. So I kept watching it because I was like, eventually it'll make sense. And then as little clues came out, it was so rewarding. And then the last two or three episodes, it brought it all together and it was just chef's kiss and (laughs) no other Marvel show has been like that for me. I've mostly been confused. I watched Moon Knight. I'm like, I have no idea what's happening or why any of this is here. It doesn't connect to anything. (laughs) The first season of Loki, I was like, I don't really care for the Loki character that much in general. And I don't really understand what's happening. There's like a time thing and all these. Fr- okay, you lost me. I yeah, just the multiverse stuff. Do, do you think the multiverse stuff kind of plays into effect there? Like, well, the, the multiverse confusion? bothers me because once you bring in multiverses, it then there's no stakes because you could kill off whoever you want, and they'll come right. back from another universe. You're just so talking like the, about comic books now. right but the thing is is like like so wandavision spoiler right like they are not was it wandavision no what movie was it that they killed wanda multiverse of madness yes like she died but like she didn't die she's alive in like a billion other universes so there's no stakes anymore like you never feel like anything that happens is permanent anymore oh because they can just me up for some things they could just bring us, <laughs> bring going. it back. So there's no enjoyment anymore for me on that type of stuff. I want stakes. I loved Rogue One because you know what? Mm. Everybody died. And how many movies does everybody roll. die? Yeah. <laughs> but you know anyway. what comes next? You do. But like there were stakes. Like you could see that like these people gave their lives and it meant something. Like they didn't mm. come back. 
You know, Luke didn't go, I've summoned them from the beyond or whatever. Like, no. Emily, what do you think? You know what? I I really like all of the shows, but there is some shows that are lacking. I agree with you. I did like WandaVision and I feel just like you did. You know, you you see WandaVision as it's growing and you want to figure out what's going on. And then you finally figure it out and you're like, wow. And then when they threw her into that movie, that was that was interesting to have her in there with Doctor Strange. It was very different. And then now you're you're talking about that whole multi-universe thing. Well, they're trying to, you know, they want to bring it together with Spider-Man and with the rest of it. So there is a few shows. I think, was it the Fury one? That one was off. Yeah. Loki, that one, you know, I like it. I, I watched the first season. I started to watch the second season. And it's kind of confused me so far where they've left off but i i'm trying to get through it and i feel like star wars i think they could have left the mandalorian at season two and kind of just left Mm. it there instead of keep continuing on with it you know there's all these different ones that they're adding on i haven't even watched the newer star wars episodes of any of the new shows so i need to catch up and i feel like they just keep bringing out more and more and it's it's just like not making sense with some of them, especially the Marvel ones. They're not all together. And I feel like Disney needs to, you know, bring it back and maybe bring some other type of original series. And then, you know, with just Disney Plus in general, they they have so many, so many um, archived, you know, movies. I think of some of the old classics. I'm a big one for the old classics. I feel like they need to bring some of that in there, too. And maybe even just like revamping some of the old classics and and making new stuff with it. I mean, there's there's so much that Disney can do. They, like, they need more live action. More live actions. <laughs> you beat me no. too. <laughs> <laughs> no, no more live actions. I'm 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 talking about classics going back, like Swiss Family Robinson. You know, Treasure Island. I, I'm thinking of that stuff. Not any of the live action movies. I don't think there's one that I've I've really enjoyed. You know, I, I think I wish no. that the, I'm with you. I wish that I, when I was a little kid on Disney Channel, they used to have Vault Disney. It was on at like eleven oh, o'clock yeah. at night, and it was all black and white, like Disney things. Like, where's that on Disney Plus? That should be on Disney Plus. That's Mickey's what we were wavy hoping. arms. <laughs> Hmm. Yep. Yeah, that's what we were hoping for. We were hope like my husband and I kept saying, you know, hopefully they bring back these classics. Hopefully they bring back something that we want to see. I love all these new shows, but you know, I think you know people aren't interested. They need to come up with something else and not just stick with Star Wars and Marvel. They needed. They need to have something else. So let me throw this one to Eric. All right. Oh, there's so many things. I asked the worst question, in my opinion, and you've all built on many things that I want to talk about. Teg Teg just texted me and said, sorry that I'm on my soap, soapbox, but that, that's just built a bigger soapbox for me. Considering all of the other things, the old stuff on Disney+, Plus, it, Disney just pulled a bunch off of the platform. They They went back and said, let's do a Willow. Let's do a Willow sequel. And then they immediately pulled it off. And all of these other National Treasure, I think National Treasure was pulled off the the miniseries that they did. But and we've talked about this before on the show, uh, maybe sometimes off the air now that I think about it. But yeah, not everything's going to hit. Not everything's going to work. What do you do with an old property? We want to see some of the old properties. I would love to see a lot of the old Disneyland shows with Walt but how much editing out of his cigarettes can you do like how much how many times like does it fit with what we expect out of Disney these days so many of the old Mickey cartoons Mickey was a jerk I mean that was what cartoons were at the time but I want to see more of them because I haven't seen them since maybe like you're saying like Vault of Disney some of these these times, I, I remember watching Cartoon Network when it came out and watching some of these late night cartoons where I'm like, this is about a mouse smoking a pipe. What is why is there a cartoon called Pipe Dreams? This this mouse is doped <laughs> up on tobacco. Like, what, what is this? 
that was animation at the time. It was a way to do something interesting. But that all that aside, talking about the Marvel and Star Wars stuff, I think the Star Wars stuff is starting to come back around. I think people are saying, oh, wait, we saw something at the end of Ahsoka that made us want to know more. We really connected with some of these characters. My wife is like, what what is what is this statue Balin is standing on? Is this the Lord of the Rings? I'm like, oh, I know these characters. And can can we pour one out for the actor who played Balin because he oh, passed away after man. filming? And that made me very sad because he was a very like I said earlier about like WandaVision. I wanted to know so much more about him. I don't know what they're going to do. Yeah, I, I mean, it, losing uh, Ray, Rick, not was it Ray Stevenson? Ray Stevenson. I think it's Ray Stevenson. It was was a was a tragedy because he created such an interesting character because Ahsoka has been set up if you're into the car- cartoons, we can say cartoons, the animated series, Mike. If you're into the Clone Wars, if you're into Rebels, Ahsoka left the Jedi Order. That's her whole thing. And when some people are like, she's so pensive in this series, we're like, well, that's because she's still figuring things out. She's still trying to find her identity in this world in a place where she can control the force, but she doesn't want to fit into the strictures of the Jedi order because she saw it fall apart. And this guy comes up and he's bad. He's obviously doing something to gain power. And that's what she's been taught is a way to engender the dark side and gain power of his own and gain mastery over people. But what is his real goal? And at the end, we're still not sure. And please look up for yourselves, listeners, the the father, the mother, or the father, the daughter, and the son. There's a lot of stuff about them in the Clone Wars. Well, not a lot. There's a little bit about them in the Clone Wars and Rebels. There's a lot of stuff going on with the world in between worlds. There's There are concepts that they brought into the more popular culture because of this show that is really interesting stuff. If you're into Star Wars and you want to be more into Star Wars and you don't know about this stuff, look it up. I don't even understand all of the things that that happened during those shows because there were so many and they have some of them happened years ago. But yeah, look into it. Figure figure some of this stuff up because this is where the live action stuff is going. Some of it is setting up a There's some sort of culmination coming, but I have no idea what it is. How does Mando fit into this? How does resurrected old man Boba Fett fit into this? You know, like all of these things are coming together. And Dave Filoni is now the creative director of Lucasfilm. And you know that everything that comes after this will be part of his ideal for Star Wars. And that's great to me. So this is a slow burn that sometimes had some drops. Uh, I, I, I sure I loved Obi-Wan just because, uh, but a lot of people didn't Ahsoka hit so many things for me. Great. I have a lot of hope for star Wars Marvel. I think they dropped the ball a few times. Wandaverse was so amazing and it ended up mm-hmm. so well. And then a few of the other series didn't quite work out. Ms. Marvel was the first exci- series where I was excited. So excited. I said excited before. So (laughs) and a character that so fits the comics. And when it comes to the multiverse, I I just have to go back to my my friends at uh, fellow podcast puny pod. Listen to their show. This is this is definitely a plug. They go deep into these movies. And these are these are two people who bring on guests and they're all very big into the comic lore. And I was big into the comic lore at the right time. So all of these things hit for me. So seeing like the original Thor and seeing, you know, Iron Man, when Nick Fury shows up, I'm like, they're doing it. And we were so excited at the time when they were doing all of this stuff. I I worked at a comic shop. We'll just put that out there. I, I read everything. I've spent so much money on comic books. I wouldn't be in debt if I didn't have any comic books. I don't know, but <laughs> I would be. I, I went to school, <laughs> but they are doing things now that this has happened in the comic book universe multiple times. 
it happened first, I believe. I don't want to go too far into this. We're we're well into this episode. I don't want to completely take it over with comic book <laughs> lore. But I believe the first time they that all of these multiple Earths conjoined was in DC Comics. And they had Crisis on Infinite Earths. And everything condensed. There was a massive thing that happened. A major villain. Everybody banded together. A whole bunch of heroes died. A whole bunch of villains died. And they condensed it back down and said, we're back together. This is the main storyline. People are too confused by a storyline. We're in this place. We're in 1942. And in this place, we're in the 1990s. We're done. Do it over. Because these are the same characters that we love that they've been writing about for a hundred years almost. And it, this has happened in Marvel multiple times. It's it's happened in DC multiple times. So I think the end of this could be a condensing of everything where we all go, oh, I see what they were doing. I don't think they knew what they were doing at the start. I don't want to say that. But <laughs> but wait, seeing so all this stuff came from comic books. These weren't what? just movies in the last. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm sorry. A bunch of nerds wrote these stories and a bunch of nerds read them and liked them. And now a bunch of nerds are going, great. The regular people don't like our stuff anymore. <laughs> I think they're going to find a way to bring things back. And I don't. It, how can you get any higher than Endgame? They did something mm-hmm. that's never been done before. That's what I'm telling you. I, I completely get what you were saying, Tag. I'm standing on top of you. You're standing on your soapbox, and now you're holding a soapbox that I'm standing on. <laughs> you're not holding it all the way over your head. You don't have to hold it all the way up. It's fine. Sure. But but we're, we don't have to go that high up. But there's so much potential for the way things can go. And yeah, Ant-Man, the last Ant-Man, I had fun, but I also fell asleep the first time I watched it in theaters. The but dude Mar- with the head was just silly. I Well, and that's what it was. It was silly. I'm like, yeah, oh, they did it. Why did they make him Modoc? Like so weird. But watching the apparently Marvels, we need to have like a comic book offshoot. Maybe we do. <laughs> watching the Marvels, I have not had so much fun watching a comic book movie since probably Endgame. It, yeah, it was Guardians of the Galaxy fun. Maybe Guardians Three, but Guardians Three had so much like animal cruelty that it was hard to watch. But but it was so much fun, and my wife watched it with her friend told me i have to see it we watched it the next day and then she watched it with her friend the third day in a row wow so like if you're into comic book anything this this hits this hits the stuff you know sure it's the space stuff it's not every it's not you know people fighting in new york city but okay i gotta stop i gotta move i gotta move on that was a very (laughs) long round three sorry everybody or you're welcome, everybody. Yeah. For all the comic book nerds out there, they felt seen and heard, Eric. Exactly. There are several of them that listen to this show and also pay us to listen to this show. So there you go. Thanks, guys. <laughs> Mike, you brought in a question, and it's a question. <laughs> Let, well, we'll ignore the first question, which you, where you thought you were on a talk show. <laughs> I thought Whoopi was going to be here. I thought this yeah, was like Mike, the view or something. Mike like wrote that. in gonna... in the script, Whoopi colon. So Mike, you've been on a Disney Parks hiatus. I appreciate that. Let me let me reframe <laughs> for you all. So yes, yes. So talk to me about. Uh, so what is your in? Let's say in the last 10, 20 years, or since you've been an active Disney, you know, fan uh, traveler in that regards. What has been your largest kind of gap of time from a Disney park or uh, a Disney vacation, something like that? And, uh, you know, what, what's been that largest gap and maybe open end it, leave it, leave and say, how do you feel about that? How did that affect you? And so I'm going to well, start off with a little tag, right? Yeah. Yeah. I I'll tell you. So I was thinking about this because I was thinking, OK, well, if I go back to like the 90s. Because like the first time I went was like 88, then we went 89, sometime in the early 90s, I think we went, and then we went like 95, 96, 97, and then I got an annual pass in like 2002, I think, and then I did it for 2002, 2003, 2004, 2005, like 2007, I think. Then I moved to Wisconsin. Uh, I used to live in Northern California. I could just drive down. 
when I moved here, I didn't go after going like three or four times a year, every year. I didn't go for 2008, 2009, 2010, 2011. I think 2012 was the first time back. So what is that? Four or five years. And Heck, so I went. I, I'm and, sorry to interrupt you, but Zoom just put several thought bubbles over your head. <laughs> is that a thing Zoom can do? Yeah, so if you, I don't remember what the, no, it's not Zoom, it's the new Mac stuff, like you can do like thumbs up, <laughs> oh, or you can do is. double thumbs up. I'm sorry to interrupt. It does like oh, the man. fireworks. Okay, well, the listeners can't see any of the visual well, effects. I was really thrown by seeing a thought bubble pop up I, with a thumbs up in you, his head. Uh, here, I can show you here, this will give you a good one. Like, this is how I feel that you interrupted me. Oh, no. Oh, the rain is that's all right, Eric. It's so sad. I love you, Eric. Oh, okay. hearts are floating up. All right, because you back can do together. this too, and it'll. Uh... Oh, <laughs> more done. hearts. Anyway, that's all. <laughs> Where was I now? Oh, yeah. So I think it's been it's like hard. five years, and and then of course, like I went that one time, and then I don't think I went again until 2015 for my honeymoon, and then I've gone a lot because we started the podcast in 2017, and then we've gone a ton of times since then. So mm-hmm. uh, I think that five year period was between like my two obsessive periods with Disney. So that's probably the longest. And I don't know. I never thought I would go as often as I do. But also, they're not the same type of trips as they used to be. Like, I used to go and it was just for me. And now I go and it's Mm -hmm. for podcasts. So it's a little different. Uh, What about you, Emily? So I think the longest was Walt Walt Disney World. I went my first time in 2004. I didn't go back to 2011. Now for Disneyland, it was like a yearly thing. And then starting, I think, in 2008, 2009, it became almost a monthly thing. That's when I started doing Disneyland. So I think the next really big gap was during the pandemic. Mm -hmm. That was the longest I think I had gone without going to Disneyland or Disney World. So it wasn't until they came out with the touch of Disney that I was like, okay, I'm itching to come back. I want to go to the park. It felt weird not being there because it was just a regular thing in our lives. I mean, we go, we're there about just about every month at Disneyland and we try to do a big trip um, to Disney World once a year. Yeah. Hmm. So hmm. it's 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 different. So how about you, Eric? Well, you bring up an interesting point with COVID, but because I'm more of a Walt Disney Worlder, they Florida said, please come back to our parks. Just put a piece of cloth in front of your face. And uh, yeah, I did a whole blog series <laughs> about going back there in like October of 2020. So that's definitely not the most. Yeah. As a kid, I I went every like two or three years or something all the way into it being an adult and, and getting married. I went there on my honeymoon and we went there every, every two or three years for a while. And then when all that stuff clicked because of like run Disney, we're like, we got to do more of these. Uh, That's when I started going to Disneyland in 2016 and 2017 eclipsed with, I think we were there 70% of the year in a Disney park. I think so. <laughs> Mike, can you confirm that as our travel planner at the time? Right. We could go back in. Uh, we, we built an entire like new building once Eric started becoming oh, yeah. one of our clients. You know, yeah. just the, the amount he traveled. I, we There's... couldn't afford to hire you on because we made so much money off of you that, you know. it. <laughs> right. You're like, well, we can hire him or we can build the bronze bust. Of Eric. Exactly. That's right. <laughs> in the building. That's right. And I said, bronze busts are for dead men, much like Walt Disney. And you're like, fine, I guess you could write for us or something. <laughs> but the, the this last year has been a long break for me because most of the listeners probably know I uh, severely injured my back about this time last year. And the last time I went to a Disney park was in... It was in 2022 of December, and I was walking around with a cane. I met up with Teg and Teresa, and Teg's like, you're an old man, but literally cane, like old man, literally old man Johnson over there. I bought it at a CVS because I forgot my at home cane at home because I wasn't used to bringing a cane places. And uh, yeah, that was the last time I was at I was at a Disney park. Before that, another Disney trauma was over the summer in Walt Disney World, summer of 2022. 
when my entire family got COVID and gave it to my wife, and then we drove home from Orlando to Colorado, and obviously I got COVID from driving my wife home almost nonstop for two days. That's because you couldn't get on a plane, right? Was well, that, was we were we were very responsible. We didn't try yeah. to fake it. We didn't try to like expose. We just rented a car. We canceled our plane tickets and drove home. It was a very weird experience. I missed my Colorado Avalanche winning their Stanley Cup. I listened to most of it and then watched the last two minutes of it when I got home. But yes, we drove home. And so I haven't been to Walt Disney World in well over a year. And I haven't been home to Disneyland in almost a year. And I won't be there until later this month. Uh, Well, I will be there in December. I'll be there on December 23rd. It was a whole mix-up. It was a great, great thing. But anyway, um, yeah, it's been a long period of time. And it's been partially like healing because I needed back surgery. And then my wife wife broke her leg. We've canceled multiple trips, all these things. So it's it's weird. It's been a long period of time, especially as somebody who's so involved with Disney. Like this is, mm-hmm. I work for concierge. I talk about Disney. I have four podcasts about Disney stuff. And one about David Bowie, which can continue without me going to Disney parks, I assume. Yeah, Mike, what about you? Yeah, that's that's good stuff, Eric. Um, <laughs> no, so it's interesting. You bring up the uh, the COVID stuff. Even on the year COVID, I was at the parks like three weeks before they shut down. So because we were we both that? at the parks that time. That's right. That's right. We were at Run Disney. <laughs> and, um, this is the only time I ever got swept from a half marathon. That was oh, and that's when we bought DVC. Trauma. That's right. That's right. Not, not you and me, just me and my wife. Right. Yes. Right. And so uh, I couldn't quite pull the trigger, but there we go. So, but then we were back, I think we were back later in October of that year towards the end of the year so it was less than 12 months that we were out of the parks at that time and so my background i when i started concierge um, which has been about seven years ago i lived in savannah georgia and so we were four hours from the park you know and and my wife was uh in the military at the time and she worked in medical and and so she'd work these 24-hour shifts and i'd drop her off to do a 24-hour and i'd drive down to the park and and make videos and do things like that for website and come back. And I was just always there. And so I guess the reason this question kind of came up and I was just curious how everyone else felt about it was just, you know, I'm kind of coming out of a, almost a two year hiatus of being at any of the parks and um, it, I won't actually get back until April. So I'm in about 18 months right now. And Eric and I got registered for the 10 miler. Uh, what is that yep. called? The springtime springtime uh, fling. The Is that what they're calling it this year? Something, yeah. So we're going to be doing Eric and I are going to be doing that in April. So so looking forward to getting back in that way. But oh man, you know, it's been it, that will be four years since you and I were in the parks together. Jeez, wow, that's how I have so much money. <laughs> like I don't know what to do with all this money. Oh now. no, <laughs> no. Um, but yeah, it's. I'll tell you. You know, when you start a company and. You, you know, all of you guys have done stuff uh, with with your own, you know, kind of businesses and things like that. I know Teg, especially and running a podcast, these kind of things. And it's it's you it takes your everything, you know, and there there was nobody to answer phone calls except for me when it started. And so, you know, we we're working with people from coast to coast and you were doing Disney, you know, all the time. You're getting up. That's we used to get up like super early to get fast passes, right? When you can do fast passes or getting up at, you know, four in the morning or whatever to get prepped for fast passes. And after about five years, it just, it took a toll on me doing that. And we went from basically myself and my sister-in-law to now our team is over, you know, 15 people. And, and, uh, you know, Lindsay Wells, of course, has stepped up and helped lead the company in that way. And it's been awesome, but it it has been nice to take a little bit of a break and kind of I'm I'm finding that excitement again to be back in the parks and kind of see like what it's like you know I, I remember going when I was seven and then going when I was twenty three and it was like that excitement of like oh my gosh I can't wait to go again is is really building and so uh, so I'm excited for that and you know just to get back in the parks and see everything that that there's a lot of new stuff in the last two years right so. Uh, looking forward to it. Well, I know that our listeners are 
going to be a complete shock and awe, but that does it for this episode of the Hub Crawl. <laughs> we would like to thank our guests. Where can people find you? Do you have anything you'd like to plug or anything like that? Mike, where can people find you online? Yes. Yes. I'm like a, a hermit in that in that side. I guess uh, the mouse and Mike on Instagram is, is most sure. likely where you'll find me. <laughs> Emily, do you have a, a a more a more prominent social media presence than Mike? Yeah, I have. Well, I I guess she said, I "Yeah, Mike." Have, <laughs> I don't know. I haven't looked at Mike's. I mean, I I have him as a friend, but I haven't really looked at you know how prominent he is unless he's <laughs> posting. <laughs> unless mine's he's posted, a, I. Eric's mine's got a little stick figure guy. That, yeah, mine's got a little stick figure guy. It's like website will be coming soon. You know, just <laughs> you know, animated guy. You know, just sitting there. I started mine a while back, but I never really did a whole lot. It's Emily's Disney Adventures, and so I would always we always looked at like the meals, the food, what what you had, and the cruises, and so yeah, that's basically what mine's all about. And now it's got concierge in it. Find Mike and Emily both at concierge.com. They're both members. We've had a lot of concierge people on. So find any of your favorite planners over there at concierge.com. You can find them on the website. You can find them on Facebook and Instagram. And they all have their own social media accounts. And reach out 856-OUR-EARS if you would like to hook up with your own concierge planner to help you plan a trip. Look at that. It's like I've read those numbers before. Eric, it's like you're a better promoter of other people than they are. Oh, it's as if I'm the voice of concierge. Oh, gosh. Well, with that, join us next time where we continue to talk all things Disney. It's my official title now. Thanks, everybody. (laughs) 